A very good afternoon to you, Professor Mahob, and thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. Oh, thank you very much, Chabiso. I haven't heard from you for a very long time. I know compliments of the season, <laughs> uh, Prof. And uh, thank, thank you. It, it uh, was. It must have been a very difficult task, especially given the fact that um, your appointment also had to be expedited. Tell us a, a little bit more about the process. Um, was it easy to follow um, which lines or which parameters for this investigation? Yeah, I think uh, basically the terms of reference that came from the national minister were very simple and straightforward. It was for me to investigate the circumstances that surrounded the death of these mentally ill patients. So I didn't have to do many things except focus on that. And of course, remember that this followed an announcement that 36 patients had died and, uh, and of course, then the former MEC uh, obviously provided me with the initial documents for about 36 patients and uh, the, uh, their clinical records and histories and management documents and so forth. And what I did was I said to myself, you know, to go through the records of about 36 patients by myself it would really require, it will take me a long time because I'm also not a psychiatrist, but although I understand mm. psychiatry. Let's go so, to your findings and, then, Prof, bec- yeah. because, I mean, uh, the NGOs where majority of the patients died, uh, yeah. you say, yeah. had neither the basic competence and experience. Yeah. So how were you able to establish that? Which uh, uh, roles were you using and what was the response from okay. the NGOs? Okay. I, I interviewed 14 of the 27 NGOs, and uh, uh, without exception, all of them said they were not ready, they were not uh, prepared, they didn't have the staff that was necessary to look after the patients, they didn't actually, some of them, they didn't even understand what an epileptic is as opposed to somebody with high blood pressure. So if you were fitting, sometimes they didn't understand what was happening to you, they would just put you to bed, and if you aspirated and died, they had no clue what had happened to you. So the knowledge, skill, and expertise, the infrastructure in those places, and as I said in my report, in some of them, there was no food, there was no warmth, there was no water, and such that people died from simple things such as dehydration, hunger, and, uh, and, and, and simple basic uh, biological things that you need to be able to live and, and be healthy. Now, under such circumstances, Prof, people are very anxious to know whom ultimately um, is responsible for this, who was uh, the final decision maker. So we know that this was as a result of a termination of the contract uh, with uh, uh, Life is Demeni Healthcare. So who made that decision and why? Well, first of all, in my report, I make uh, I, I identify three people. It was the MEC and the HOD and uh, and uh, the director of mental health. They operated together uh, to make decisions, to implement decisions, to evaluate the process along as it was going along. Uh, I don't know who made. 
which particular decision, but the chain of command was around the three of them. So they would take the ultimate responsibility for what happened in this project. Because what one could not do, and the evidence proves in the, in the report, is that you could not dissociate the decisions from the ultimate death of these patients. Hmm. Now, I'm just wondering, uh, just in your findings uh, where you put under the subsection negligent, reckless decisions, actions, the removal of the patients, I'm as a, a layman wondering how does it happen where there's been no inspection of where the patients are going to be taken to and even getting licenses or eat at least official documentation to know that these patients are going to have uh, even medication. How did that happen? Well, only God knows. I think uh, the, 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 the inspector from uh, the Office of Health Compliance found that. The panel of experts found that independently. When I spoke to the, as I say, when I spoke to the NGOs and when I spoke to the family representatives who went to actually inspect these NGOs, they find, found exactly that, that uh, in, some, in some of these NGOs, there was not even a drug cupboard where to store drugs. In some of these NGOs, I think one of the evidence of the MEC herself, she found that the place was overcrowded. In one place, she found that there was no food. In, one, in several places, she found that they were not being financially resourced, so she had to give instructions. But remember that People are already living there, and they, they have to eat every day. They're not going to wait for you to issue uh, an order that must go through a procurement, and it takes a couple of days. So that is, what, that is what was really, I think, disturbing. Let's put it that way. Mm. Just a final question then, Professor Mahoba. One of the things you said in your recommendations is uh, the competence or suitability of the health MEC uh, must be delved into. You've been overtaken by events. But I'm curious about the statement that you made, that there was a culture, at least uh, an atmosphere of uh, fear among health department staff. What caused that? Who was responsible for inculcating that? Well... Uh, just to put it into perspective, I interviewed 25 people from that department. And all of them, almost without exceptions, they were very fearful. Uh, they all took instructions. They couldn't challenge authority. Even when they themselves would admit they knew that what they were doing was wrong and impossible and it couldn't be done. And when you ask them directly, who were they afraid of? they would say, the principals. Can you name the principals? They were even afraid to tell you who that is. It was only when you started to triangulate the information from other sources that you realized that actually the principals were around these very three people that I have uh, identified. But they would never actually name anybody as to who induced. And as I said in my report, you will see that quotation from... uh, you know, the charge of the Light Brigade, ours is not to reason why, but ours is to do and die. Most people were telling me that they couldn't reason with anybody. They just had to take instruction and do as they are instructed. That was the evidence that was coming through from 25 people in that department. 
Thank you so much for speaking. I couldn't, I, could, I couldn't ignore. I couldn't ignore that. Mm. Thank you so much for speaking to us, Professor. I wish we had more time to uh, look through the report and some of its more salient details. The Health Ombudsman, Professor Malachapuri Makhoba. Meanwhile, Katani Mahlangwa has since resigned. She said she.